love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. What the world needs now is love. More love. Stars literally aligned. He's always been the one. There's someone out there for everyone. I'm Nancy Regan, your host on the Canadian Love Map. We are on a journey to uncover and share love stories of all kinds. He's never forgotten to bring me flowers. We're hoping we're going to give a little good news to this world. Even in these dark times, the life continues to go on. It's all about compassion, devotion, adventure, and of course, love. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs love. This is the Canadian Love Map. Well, love is the most important thing. Whenever I get anxious or upset or anything, he makes me laugh. We have these silly things we've done our whole lives. It's these things that keep us close together and keep us bonded in that way. People have said, I got to call my friend, especially mm -hmm. through the pandemic. Yeah. They lost touch with someone. Your chosen family is just as important as your, your given one. Today's love story belongs to Catherine and Craig, two old friends whose 25-year journey has included peaks and valleys. The greatest obstacle they've faced together? Catherine's brain cancer. But that life-threatening crisis didn't stop them from auditioning for the Amazing Race Canada. Proving the old saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, they not only competed in this nationally televised reality show, they won it. This is the Canadian Love Map. Welcome, Catherine and Craig. So great to have you here. I want to start by being very transparent and say that usually we make these podcast recordings about, you know, 30 to 45 minutes, but I'm not sure how I'm going to contain you two within that time frame because I think we could literally talk for four hours. What do you think? Probably. I, I think so, but coffee will turn into wine if, we, uh, if we're going to do that, right? We have to have okay. some wine in the picture. That's fair enough. We're, we're not averse to that. Thanks so much for saying yes to this. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah. This is a thrill to be able to share our relationship on, uh, on your platform. Well, to have you describe it as a thrill is really an honor because you guys know thrills. And, uh, you know, Canadians watched you and were thrilled by your team, your commitment, your motivation when you were on The Amazing Race. And I'm really excited to dig into that experience, but also your relationship and, and how life is now. So uh, why don't we tease the listeners and not talk about The Amazing Race yet, but go okay. back. Let's rewind and go back to the beginning of your relationship and talk about how your friendship started. Well, it started at the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. Um, he came there uh, suddenly, and I had just done my first musical theater show at Rainbow Stage, and we just sort of 
found each other. I don't even, I think you watched one of my classes or something. We were in the school and we were in different departments of the school. I was uh, in the professional division, um, but you can imagine in a building that is obsessed with ballet 24 seven, two people that love singing and (laughs) we could hear each other practice and singing in these rehearsal rooms. It was easy to find each other and especially with her beautiful boisterous voice. So I tracked her down and I said, um, your name's Catherine. She said, yes, it is. And I said, Catherine, who loves musical theater? And she says, yes. And I said, come here. (laughs) And we hugged and we embraced and it was a, a kinship ever since. Yeah. Isn't that something? Well, let me ask you to tell me a little bit. It's going to sound like an audition for The Amazing Race, but tell me a little bit, each of you, about yourselves. I guess we'll go back even further for that. How did that passion develop and and what was your childhood like? Well, I'll start. Uh, I sort of learned that I wanted to be on stage when I was like three, when I figured out how to roll out of a handstand and uh, stand up and, and be super proud. Um, But I think that I've just danced my whole life and wanted to be, uh, entertain people my whole life. Um, And in that entertaining, I got all my training from the Royal Olympic Ballet and, you know, met Craig there too, but, you know, just, I knew I wanted to do something that entertained people didn't know quite what it was. Um, and my parents were always supportive of everything that I did. I woke up every morning, went to ballet class in the morning with Arnold Spohr, um, took a bus to school, then took a bus back to dancing, was there all night until 10. My parents would pick me up at 10. And every day I did the same thing and I loved it and I was so passionate about it. And I think that's what you need to have, passion for something. But as soon as I turned 18, I moved to Toronto and did um, an audition for Stratford Festival and got that. And and then just from there, just one on top of the other thing sort of led me to my career. I've always been supported by my parents. I've always been supported by my, my chosen family. I've always been supported by everybody that I've ever come in contact with. I just had to sort of push my way in. When you say chosen family, I assume that Craig is part of that uh, of course. group. Yes, yes. Craig, tell us your story. I grew up in a very small farming community, Harrow, Ontario. In fact, I'm back here. I built a home, um, so I'm, I split my time between Palm Springs and Southern Ontario. Small town, but really grateful and lucky that I had uh, a support team here because I was different. I mean, I could do the splits literally coming out of the womb, right? Like, <laughs> oh, that sounds, as a mother, that sounds really painful, actually. <laughs> I'm sure it is. We should have Lenore here to, uh, to talk about that. Um, but my parents really supported something unique and different about me. So did um, the town, my uh, I had teachers and, and friends. And although I'm not going to say, you know, I didn't have some hardships because I certainly did trying to self-discover, you know, the difference, which ultimately I think led to me identifying um, as, a, as a gay uh, individual. Um, but I, I still had a lot of support a love and passion for singing, acting, and dancing. And I bet you some of my acting came from overcompensating to try and, um, you know, win people over. And I was, I was short as well and playing hockey and stuff. So I'm really grateful for that kind of challenge because it led to a lot of skill sets that eventually helped us even win, win, win the amazing race. 
Um, but my career took me, yes, to the School of Royal Winnipeg Ballet, met Catherine, and then lots of Broadway shows, including the original pre-Broadway Mamma Mia, Chitty Chitty wow. Bang Bang, Fiddler on the Roof. Um, you know, I'm so fortunate that the list goes on. And then this opportunity to connect with Catherine um, with Canada's most popular competition reality show. Isn't it funny when you look back at your life and you can identify how everything led to the present moment? That's what it sounds like to me. And it may not be a, a classic or predictable, uh, you know, experience both you have had to go to the amazing race platform. But as it, as you know, in retrospect, you can see, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, even our amazing race experience uh, is is very similar to life, in the sense that <laughs> obstacles and challenges and no's come in the picture all the time. But it's how you deal with that, and and the trust, and thankfully for our careers that have had ups and downs, it was a roller coaster. To trust when it feels like there is an obstacle and a block, right? Mm -hmm. And know that it's the universe aligning what's ultimately going to be best for you. And that was really challenging on the race with what we were faced. But uh, but ultimately, that was our mindset. Yeah. So it's that, what is this here to teach me? Right. Well, it was hard because we were cast for the 2020 season. And then that was postponed till the end of the summer, then postponed to the next year, then postponed again. And we were like, well... We don't know if I'm going to even be alive when it happens. So that was one of our things we had to face. And we sort of put it to bed for a little bit. And then when they called us back, we were like, okay, let's get training for this again. Yeah. Okay. So Catherine, we've got to delve into that statement of yours. I don't even know if I'm going to be alive. What was it that happened in your life that uh, really in some ways prepared you for this, but also meant that this might not have ever happened? So in 2013, um, I was diagnosed with um, anaplastic astrocytoma, which is grade three astrocytoma, which is one less than what Gord Downey had. Um, it will turn into glioblastoma. We just don't know when. So I have an MRI every three months. And um, when it's stable, which means it has not grown, I do jazz hands and make my oncologist do jazz hands. And um, so I kind of live my life three months at a time. Um, which it's is brain cancer. It's brain cancer. Yeah. It's brain cancer. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I forgot to say that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's brain cancer. And you know, I had a two year old and a five week old kids and it was hard and I had to relearn how to speak and to write and to sign anything. And, you know, people are like, why don't you just, you know, get a whiteboard? I'm like, I couldn't write. <laughs> um, and mm -hmm. it's so frustrating because I had complete aphasia, which is like, you know exactly what you want to say, but you can't say it. And um, even now I struggle with that. I have really no short-term memory and I have a lot of issues that I have to overcome every day. Um, but this was one of the things we wanted to do. We wanted, well, we were um, doing Romeo and Juliet at, with the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. And so we had so much fun because we were never had danced together before. Um, we had all these wonderful things in our careers, but we had uh -huh. never done the same show together. And they offered it to us. The Royal Winfrey Ballet offered for us to play Lady and Lord Capulet. And we immediately did it. 
And um, it was so much fun. We were like, what can we do Well, it's not now? just fun. It was, well, it was rewarding. No, it was important for her brain to rewire it. I think a lot of people during the pandemic can relate to just being isolated and at home and not having a lot of external and social challenges, right? So it was shocking, um, uh, like before, like to see Catherine, yes, I want her to have, be comfortable and she moved back home to Winnipeg to live a more simple life. But also at the same time, not having those challenges, Catherine wasn't probably um, being able to build her strength and stamina with this and to continue to fight it. So I didn't want her to get bored. And I felt like Romeo and Juliet was a great opportunity. It's good. And an incredible challenge. But the Royal Winnipeg recognized that it's unfair for her to do that solo. So they brought me in as a compassionate, loving friend because we do have this really like close friendship <laughs> where I'm able to help guide her and challenge her with that compassion. And it worked. Um, and the challenge, like when he challenges me, it's something that I want to do. It's not anything that I'm like, I don't want to do it. It's like, I bet you can do this. And I'm like, you know what? I can so it's it's one of those it's a healthy push <laughs> or just being there physically like yeah. next to her to support her so that when she is confused like, and did, she looks at me next? what do we do next she just sees love and support and energy her way and i really think in people that are in a similar situation of catherine need to surround themselves with complete love and support and that's what we got from Royal winnipeg and we certainly didn't want it to end so that's when we were like <laughs> What, what can, can we, we do, do that further challenges Catherine? Oh, yeah. Let's do Maybe Canada's race. toughest, most extreme reality show competition. How did that possibility come on your radar? You know, I don't. Uh, I addressed you just, it. You, yeah, you introduced it to Again, me. Again, I was on a path of like, okay, I see improvements with Catherine and I see her happy. I, I mean, her children make her the most happy, and that's a given. But also, who is Catherine? And people can relate to this at home and they should a lot of of parents is who are you besides your kids yeah yeah and right on that's where Catherine started growing and i was like yes this is the Catherine." and i reminded her this is you're rewiring you are achieving not only old Catherine, but new and improved <laughs> so then i went online and i i searched it out um like all canadians should do for these such opportunities and i presented it and, and i was like yep let's do it right now oh really <laughs> right away and he's like what do you think about this i'm like let's get the video out and record it now yeah literally like that day she's like okay let's go let's let's videotape this and let's put it forward <laughs> you both have really compelling instagram accounts and Catherine, i saw on yours one image that really took my breath away and that was when you posted a scan of your brain mm. and it really, it just, you know, it was jarring and yet inspiring at the same time. How did your brain cancer actually help you both in the race, do you think? It made me more focused because of what, what was happening, but also it helped me not be afraid of anything. It's really hard to make me upset. It's really hard to make me afraid because I've, been like I am still fighting brain cancer, so you know it's it's quite serious. It's quite serious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is serious, but at the same time, it's, but everything else, everything else is like not 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 worth nothing. But like it's doesn't it's really hard to make me upset, and you know it's really hard to 
make me feel upset about stuff <laughs> or scared. Cause I really, I love, I love jumping from high places and, and like adventure. Adventure. Yeah. I'm very adventurous. That's a good yeah. word. Very adventurous. And also, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that her having this journey, like we wanted longevity. We mm -hmm. wanted to experience as much of this together. And I, our kind of goals are so different than other teams. Mm -hmm. Um, in the whole franchise, like I would never want teams to have to be having this goal, you know, like mm -hmm. Catherine is on borrowed time. So we want one more episode. We want one mm -hmm. more experience that is a check mark off of her list. Mm -hmm. And we certainly got a lot of them. And we knew that going in because she is adventurous. We were like, <laughs> okay, there's going to be stuff in here that is going to be so satisfying for her and, and make it more comfortable to accept the diagnosis, not only just for her, but for me, because we have no phones, we have no outside world uh, communication. Nothing. And with the family responsibilities that both of us have, it's near impossible to do that without the excuse of we're Ronnie going on Amazing Race, race Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, it seems like you are the embodiment of the phrase, don't sweat the small stuff, and that you both embody carpe diem. I know that the producer of the show has referred to you too as the embodiment of the competition. Why do you think that is? Because we face every challenge as it's like the one challenge and we have fun with it and then we move on. I think that that's... The, but the stakes are so high for mm -hmm. us. They are and they're not because ultimately mm -hmm. we never pictured the win. Mm -hmm. Detachment from the win, I think, was key to our success because it allowed us to focus on each one of these challenges without the stress of the money and the truck and the world uh, trip, which is wonderful, by the way, like we're very grateful <laughs> for it, but we were tackling each one with trying to get to the next step and fo ultra focus with my ADD, as you said, a superpower and with the desire for Catherine's story to be told. And that was contagious to the other racers and to the producers and everyone. Not that any of the producers ever stepped in, unfortunately, to help guide us because it is a very real <laughs> reality show. Um, but it all came down to Catherine. And it's it's sort of like being that fly on the wall for everyone, including the viewer at home. How is primarily Catherine going to handle uh, overcoming a laundry list of obstacles that are given to her by medical professionals. I mean, she's a medical miracle. Well, I have, unfortunately, I have a very, very great oncologist. And I, when I brought it up to him, he was like, yeah, I'll sign it. You're, you can do it. You're fine. You're good. He's, he's such a, he has such a positive attitude. I feel very lucky because I know a lot of people would be like, their oncologist might say, no, it's probably best if you don't go. And he was like, yeah, go for it. Win it. <laughs> CTP is, is a family show. So of course their focus is on like 10% of the drama and struggle and 90% of the like good story, promote um, uh, the values, all that. I agree. I think that that makes really good TV, but the behind the scenes of it is, is quite spectacular what we went through. And I wouldn't be surprised for producers to say that or the crew, um, the W5 piece that was done on Catherine was inspired because of all the behind the scenes. Like, with Catherine and I in our hotel room, um, when other racers are resting and trying to, you know, think about the next step, we were not only analyzing what 
Catherine, um, and by her request, what she can do differently and better, if you will, for the next one. Um, but also we're talking about what she wants for her kids down the road when she's possibly not here. This is the chance, like big, big subject matters that never should be talked about or done on the amazing race. But it was really the only time we had because we we're so busy with our families and with all that stuff. So it was really a moment for Craig and I to just really connect and really talk about big stuff. And when we're in the car, like we're having these conversations <laughs> about how, okay, Catherine's like, okay, so we're going to a memory challenge. And I said, yeah. And she goes, I have no short-term memory. I said, yeah. And she goes, okay, so how am I going to do this? And I said, I don't know, but you have, <laughs> you have two minutes to do it. You better meditate, rewire and all that, but you'll notice me off the side and I'm sending you really positive, good energy. And we already meditated on this and asked for the universe to align, you know, greatness, ease, protection, support, and our techniques are now have us traveling even with broadview magazine doing all these keynote speeches about how to set yourself up for proper success align it mm -hmm. yeah. well that makes sense you're such an inspiration both of you and i i'd love to be that fly on the wall you talked about and and take us inside some of the highlights of the race for you but also some of the lowlights well, for me, I really didn't have any lowlights. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> he had to do a couple of things that he didn't talk want about to yours. Do. Yeah, talk. Um, what's, what's your highlight? Do you think? My, well, I think one of my highlights was not recorded. Um, we were in Toronto, where we sort of had a lot of really great memories from, like no phones, no anything. It was I, just us. It was just us. Just the two of us before we did anything sort of spectacular. And we sat in our room and we could see the whole sea and tower from where we were. We turned off the lights and held hands and just like leaned on each other and just looked at the sea and tower. And I'm like, it was such a, like we were, I think we were both crying, but it was such an important memory for us to have together. And we never thought it would happen. And I we mean, never thought it would happen. 10 years ago when she had this diagnosis, uh, who knew, you know, that she would beat the odds. Well, if anyone can, it would be Catherine, but, and I'm so grateful for it, but us to be back where we lived together 20 plus years as like these young, naive kids that just had these big dreams of Broadway and all of that. And us to know that we achieved those, we achieved our personal dreams of being parents. Um, and we just sat there yet yeah, in silence, knowing we had to wake up in four hours and still looking, looking at a, a city that we remember holding hands, walking mm -hmm. through the city and saying, we want to take over the world. Mm -hmm. And we just felt like we were. <laughs> and I think that that was one of the most special moment on the race for both of us. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really beautiful. And, you know, I, I can't help but think, uh, I believe Catherine, at the time you were diagnosed, they told you, you could have two to six years, six mm -hmm. years at the outside to live. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So when I heard Craig in a clip from The Amazing Race say the key to this challenge is to not die, <laughs> I thought, I thought, yeah, there's such a symmetry between mm -hmm. what you were doing in the race and, and Catherine's journey, as you pointed out, Craig, at the beginning. That's very true. What was your scariest moment in the race? What was, what was that moment that you thought, yeah, I really could, I could expire during this challenge? When I was 300, 300 feet up in the air, climbing the outside of a Ferris wheel, 
Um, but it, it, and you hear me say, like, do it for Catherine. Catherine inspired me, but also other racers to really get our priorities straight, right? And to to just be grateful for the experience. Like I I did cry. I'm not gonna lie, you know. Um, but it was it was a, a really spectacular moment, and I certainly wouldn't have overcome it if I didn't have um, the the responsibility to protect this one and get her through to the next round, especially with it being episode one. I'm like, <laughs> we are not leaving yet. Yeah. Um, so I climbed that. We couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centers. They are Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit CharmDiamondCenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. What were your relationships like with the other teams? What was the camaraderie or competition like within the group? We strategically did want to form alliances, and this triggered a lot of the Canadian viewers. And it shocks me that they did because that it did trigger them because you never get through life without help from others. Mm -hmm. And and it's not like we were not working with the other teams. Let me get that clear. And I know editing made that look like, yeah. but we were mm -hmm. kind and nice to everyone. And you know, as as Broadway dancers, we're used to dancing in on ensemble. So, you know, we wanted to bring other teams with us and then get to the end with those people. It's an important factor, I think, in respecting other teams and being open to working with them. I'm, I'm curious about what it was like for you when you actually won. Like, were you, were you confident by then that you were going to? You were. I, I was <laughs> not. When you're in that library and there, everybody was there and we were working on a clue, one clue, we didn't know this, but everybody was sort of stuck on one clue. And you, all you hear is going to get check, 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 yep. check, 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 check. So you don't know if you've won. And then once, once you figured out the lick thing and moved that clip, once he sort of said lick, everybody, everybody was sort of like gathering all their stuff and leaving, even though we hadn't even gotten it checked yet. So when he moved it, I knew something was happening and I knew that we were probably first. And then Craig was like, run as fast as you can. <laughs> There's a lot of things uh, from that final riddle challenge, mm -hmm. which for people that didn't watch, the end always has a memory challenge. Mm -hmm. And this one in particular, you had to, you had to um, identify each riddle as a challenge and mm -hmm. you had to put it in order from the start of the show to the end. And uh, for someone with ADD and then oh. uh, brain cancer with short-term memory loss and that we, I was like, this ain't going to work. We need a penalty. From, need that's what he said. I think we should take a penalty. I'm like, no. So we had um, flown from Toronto to Vancouver that morning, like early in the morning. And I had a little book that I had written everything in. So I was studying it the whole time while everybody else was sleeping. So I feel like that might have helped us a little bit. So I knew immediately where things went. And I knew exactly the order because I'd repeated it so many times. But then there was this one clue that we just couldn't get. But at that state too, I, I can, I can tell you that Catherine, there was a, like a wash of confusion over Catherine when mm -hmm. we were told, um, that's correct with, and move yeah. on to the pit stop. I could tell that Catherine, it was overwhelming shock. for her. <laughs> um, and I, 
had to really ultra focus more than I ever have in my whole life. Because as I said, there's more instructions on how to get to A to the final pit stop. But what was overwhelming for both of us and almost impossible to believe is that miracles happened for us on the race. Mm -hmm. We had this lofty dream of winning, but we honestly didn't expect it. Mm -hmm. So to be in a situation where we were running towards that stadium, and at that point, I knew we were going to win. And then the moment there was one clue that wasn't aired, that this is some good BTS, by the way, it said <laughs> like the 120 glass doors on side a gate A, door 50 and 51 are open only. And for us to run in the right direction, because we always got lost. Yeah, I know. The right direction. <laughs> and then I grabbed one of those doors and just opened it up. And everything is almost like slow-mo where I'm there and I'm looking at Catherine and like, even now, like you become overwhelmed. I'm like, we're, we're winning this and there's no way anyone is, is right behind us. And to just see Catherine go and, and like, and then again, she looks at me and there's, it's blank, <laughs> completely blank. I was like, where did Catherine run when we ran? And then I'm making these, these decisions and I'm, I'm making good ones, but not the best ones. Cause <laughs> it was like an option of this gate to this gate again, to enter into the stadium. And of course, the the I end. picked the furthest one, <laughs> but then we burst into the stadium mm -hmm. and it's just complete disbelief. I think un until, um, we actually saw air like yeah. months later. Yeah. And then we see all these other people celebrating us because it was our secret till mm -hmm. then. It just didn't seem real. Catherine, take me inside that moment for you. Again, exactly what Craig said. I was sort of in shock. And running onto that stage, I don't even remember which way we went, but just getting on that stage and saying like, you, you won. And yeah. I was like, this, is this real? Is this like actually happening? Am I dreaming? I thought I was maybe dreaming. And it's like, is it, this is real? Is it really real? I, th I think you let your guard down. And I uh -huh. think that's where, um, the pressure on her brain too, was just so much. Right? Like, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, maybe. Because you thought, and your your brain was trying to make sense of it. And you, didn't you tell me afterwards that you thought each person yeah. would have an opportunity like, to, to win. be filmed? Yeah, to, so, to what I, so what I had thought ah. was that I, I had been told by somebody at some point that in, in, like, in the Amazing Race Canada, they don't know who won, so they'll do it with everybody. So I thought maybe somebody else had already like each won. Each person will have each an opportunity. Each person will have the opportunity to ah. pretend that they won, and they don't know if they won until it airs. So I thought maybe this isn't real. Maybe they've already somebody else has already won. So she keeps looking at so me and like, my yes. reaction <laughs> to see and confirm like it's actually <laughs> us, even in the moment. <laughs> which I mean, oh again, my I gosh, because there is an element that people didn't don't see and now that we're talking to mm -hmm. you they're getting that insight that they're Catherine is doing the impossible and overcoming all these obstacles like how her brain is actually working at times especially under stress under after being awake for like 36 hours yeah, <laughs> like, no sleep I mean yeah. um it's just she's an, a spectacular human being for putting herself in those situations of being confused and uncomfortable <laughs> And on the air. <laughs> that is truly amazing. It is. It, it, uh, no wonder he said it embodies the competition because you two are amazing. I, it's also amazing to me that you were able, after all that excitement and adrenaline, 
to somehow keep the secret that you won. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? I kept really busy. Um, <laughs> I uh, went on to dance. I came home for a couple of days with Craig and then we, I flew to Sonoma, California and did a show for five weeks and then flew back to Winnipeg and did a show there. Um, and mom life too. And just mom keeps life. Really mom busy life. And focused. And, and also too, it's like, it is, it's fun to keep a secret, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and also we knew that once we were out, people would be like, know that like, probably think, oh, you're out. Oh, because we, we got COVID, we on, the got COVID on the show and then we were temporarily removed. So mm -hmm. then, uh, that was a journey too, that we took a lot of Canadians and a lot of people yeah. that know us closely and, or felt they, you know, know us through social mm -hmm. media were quite angry with how it was edited yeah. because it was highly dismissive of, oh, these three have COVID and oh, they're well, out. Let's move on. Yeah. So we were navigating a lot of communications. Mm -hmm. um, and like, how that. do we tell people like that they because a lot of our friends and family didn't want to watch it because we weren't in it. And so we had to say, just, you know, just because we're not on the television right now does not mean we're eliminated. So keep watching. I, I had to rely on fellow racers uh, a great deal after um, we finished filming until it started airing and especially right. to the finale. And I'm just so grateful for the close friendships we had where it probably is very triggering for them. And mm -hmm. it takes them through an emotional journey too, that they didn't win. Right. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have these open communications, I'm just grateful for them. And I never want any of them to lose insight of how special our friendships with them are mm -hmm. and unique, even though we don't talk all the time. Now we made really strong connections and, um, Almost, it's very spiritual, to be honest, mm -hmm. like the, the path that anyone on the race, I think, feels in other seasons can probably relate when you're mm -hmm. under such high stress, like hunger games, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, stress, you rely on humans um, like never before. And that's the takeaway. Don't you don't have to live in that stress um, to be able to connect with people in these spectacular ways that we did. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I, I love the phrase that you use, chosen family. And it reminds me that I really need to ask Craig about the LGBTQ community and their response to your uh, race experience and your win. Yeah, thank you for that question. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, because our priority was for Catherine's story to be told on the race. And I'm certainly thrilled with how that was done. Uh, but in the process of that, I think that um, me being the only representation of the 2S LGBTQIA plus community on our season got um, got overlooked. And mm -hmm. I would have loved them to showcase more um, inspire inspiration for all the Canadians to know that we have some we have spectacular families. My husband and I, um, we co-parent with his sister and her wife, uh, an incredible 12 year old thriving 12 year old that's going to contribute to society as a caring, loving person, and also self-identifying as, as <laughs> ultra straight, you know, um, ultra, that's interesting. Ultra, ultra. Yeah, he is. Uh, but I, I think that the feedback, I got a lot of resistance from my community because it read as me not being proud, me not ah. talking about it. And meanwhile, um, I did a great deal. And I think the race only relied on my 80s aerobics challenge to out me, which it certainly did. Which it did, yeah. 
<laughs> my performance, <laughs> my oh Richard my Simmons uh, performance of that certainly outed me. But now that we're able to talk about it and people get to know me, because we're certainly not finished. There's so many opportunities mm -hmm. that come and we're doing keynote speeches uh, around the world about teamwork and the importance of friendship. And I'm a health and wellness expert, so I'm able to get out there. Now I'm hearing a lot of great support and love um, from my community. Thank you. Well, I guess the important thing for you to always tell people, I'm sure, is you weren't in the edit suite. And that is so key in an experience like this with the television show that is quote unquote reality TV. There's, you know, you don't get all of the reality, obviously. Right. I want to know if you were in the edit suite uh, looking forward to your futures, what would the story be? Wow. What a beautiful yeah. way of putting a question. I love that. I want to live every day as though it were my last but as though it would continue. That, that doesn't make sense. But we, we talked about the other day and I was saying was. about 15 years from now, I'm going to retire here at this home. Um, yeah. and, and what your response is? I would love to be able to think about that. Yeah. I would love to be able to plan for 15 years in the future, but I can only plan for like three months at a time. Yeah. And it's hard for me to accept that but that's happening. When we work on something each day, it's mm -hmm. for the future, but you don't think about the future. Right. You just put it into motion. Yeah. So like every single day, there's like, we do want um, more opportunities. We've, we've named Catherine's journey, the cancer dancer. Mm -hmm. And we are putting things into motion where uh, other people through the TV medium can be inspired by Catherine and also our friendship, our chosen mm -hmm. friendship. More than not, people have said, I really admire that I got to call my friend, especially mm -hmm. through the pandemic. Yeah. They lost mm -hmm. touch with someone. Your chosen family is just as important as your, your given one. Mm -hmm. Like everybody needs a crick in their life is what well, I everyone needs say. A, everyone needs a cast. <laughs> I mean, the, the way you inspire me to even plan my future, like I, as you as a mother and going through your divorce and stuff, I have a goal of trying to do things that will um, make my 12 year old proud of me, right? Because of you. So my kids are like, man, whatever. And I'm like, no, it's not whatever. <laughs> no, because they're so in the moment yeah. with you, you know, like you offer so much love and support. I do see a lot of more opportunity. I see Catherine around. Mm -hmm. I see Catherine thriving in ways again, that are medically impossible. I see medical industry coming to tackle her and be like, we need to analyze you and her saying, yes, but no, not right I now. I got to live. <laughs> I got to do this and that. And so we do have a list of things that mm -hmm. um, we plan to do together uh, because this kind of support team uh, is not going away. Well, I, I can only imagine what an inspiration Catherine, you are to the world in terms of that richness in your everyday life because of how you choose to live and, and to some extent how you have to live. But I think also that richness exists so much in your relationship. And, and you read my mind because I was thinking how inspiring it is, I'm sure, to others to see your bond and, and how much love exists between you. I would, I would love to ask you a, a sort of predictable question from my perspective, because I often ask this of couples, but in your friendship, I would love to know 
what it is you love most about each other, if you can boil that down. Mm. When I get frustrated or that when I get upset about something, it's always a, I'm there for you, but then we're going to, then he's going to make fun of me. <laughs> do? No, but it's not make fun of me. Like you turn it into something that's funny. Okay. You, you yeah. do something that makes me laugh. Yeah. I never have an intent to make fun of me. No, no, no. Not funny. fun of me. Wait, but like, that came up the other day too. No, and I'm like, I, it's not that you make fun of me. I never you make, make me fun laugh. of you. So when, whenever I get anxious or upset or anything, he makes me laugh. He, we have these silly things we've done our whole lives. Like if I was bending down, he would hold his fist above my head and I'd come up and hit it. And he's like, oh, sorry. And you you know, hit your head. Yeah, oh, you hit your head. Or just like something stupid like that. And it's something, it's these things that are keep us close together and keep us bonded in that way. And it's, you know, we just have little silly, tiny little jokes yeah. that make me laugh until I cry. And we've experienced detachment. Like when, yeah. when we we're going through rough times and now we analyze it and, mm -hmm. and it, it's, it does relate to Catherine's brain cancer. She mm -hmm. had brain cancer. She was making terrible choices mm -hmm. for herself and her life. And she was alienating herself and isolating herself. So we had like two years separated and we never want that again. Mm -hmm. And we realized what mm -hmm. we missed from that. Mm -hmm. So we, I think we have that friendship that everyone should have that we can never be in a serious business meeting together. <laughs> you know, right. like all that of, would not be good. All I have to do is like one move or one thing that just sets her off. It, it makes me think of the expression to make light of something. And yeah. as much as you resisted that for a moment when she started talking about it, Craig, when you consider what that means, it's to make light in, mm -hmm. in the darkness. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and that sounds like that's what you do for her. Yeah. And she, she, for me too, like, uh, the, the constant support, I, I, I mean, I'm so grateful, uh, that again, I, I had the family support, community support, church support, all of it for me being too, too SLGBTQ, but people don't. And 2023, like our, when we go into all these schools, um, it is so shocking and disheartening to see the initiatives to, protest uh our community's existence really um, sad. and people don't realize that's what they're doing and these poor kids that don't have that they need a Catherine in their life and uh like she's pulled me through difficult moments and she's given me clarity and just that constant love and support and i hope that anyone that this reaches please reach out to your friends that are diverse and different because anyone that feels different and we a lot of us do need love. They need unconditional love and support through all of the, the darkness that's being tossed at them. I couldn't agree more, but you still have to tell me what you love most about Catherine. Oh, that's so easy. Uh, <laughs> for me. Uh, I love that Catherine um, is able to put her ego aside after all the successes she's had, and she should be flying eye you know, with, um, I love that she, you, you brought a cape dress. It's so fitting because she's such a <laughs> superhero and we've been wearing it to events. Um, but for Catherine in a daily basis, uh, cause her brain cancer does give her obstacles that people can't see. Right. Mm -hmm. I know, and I can see, but to watch her still go through that struggle and then immediately try and she knows it you know that there's a disconnect and you try and piece it together and, and do better. I'm just, I, I'm so inspired of how she handles life every single day. 
and then like, put it into motion. Even even today, I started talking about something wrong, and he he puts his leg right against mine, and I know I should not stop something talking. wrong. No, I, not something wrong, but change what I'm doing. No, the way the brain works, I know that you're you're going off topic because. Yeah. What you're talking about is not what I really is not the actual question yeah. because you're creating more questions in your head yeah. from what you've already started speaking. <laughs> so it would become a keynote speech from one thought to another uh, rather than an interview, which yeah. you're great at both. Yeah, you know. But, and so I know that the leg means like, oh, I should stop talking because I'm not talking about what I actually wanted to talk about. But she puts her ego aside, and trust me for that. And to the outside world it could look as like controlling and I how, asked him how to do dare that. he yeah. um and that's the fine mm-hmm. line that we had even on the race where it was like me taking charge of of aspects that I'm I know I'm not the best and I'm like I shouldn't be the one that's doing this and trying to lead yes, it you should. it's the trust that we have like I trust him to make the best decision for me and he trusts me to make the best decision for him so it's not like if it's I've never want to hurt him at all and he never wants to hurt me so I think we just have to trust that we can just rise up together well I don't think there is any other way to describe you two more succinctly than to say you are amazing and I just want to say a huge thanks for agreeing to be my guest today and I can't wait to see what you do in the future and I can't wait for our paths to cross in person yeah I trust they will yep me too yeah, thank you so much thank for you. having us and this conversation no, is always really so much good. fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. We love sharing love stories of all kinds, and that could include yours. So do you or someone you know have an uplifting tale to tell? Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram using at Canadian Love Map or email producer at podstarter.io. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map.